Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Tuesday. It's August 1st, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Okay, currently we are in Chapter 6, Into Action. And we're going to begin on page 76, the very the fourth paragraph, beginning with probably there are still some misgivings and continuing on for the first paragraph on page 77. And today, today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Melissa Kay. For the 1208 traditions will be John Kay. The readers for the text are Stephanie L. and Sherry K.B. Okay, now these are some uh, five-digit um, five share ID numbers, reference numbers. One is for yesterday, that's Monday, July 31st, 2017, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,224. That's 10224. Now today, Tuesday, August 1st, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 10,226, which is 10226. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa Kay to please read the 12 steps. May I be heard? You can. Thank you. Good morning. This is Melissa Kay. Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, 
humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only now, only for knowledge of his will and uh, his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. And thank you so much, Melissa Kay. I will now ask John Kay to please read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. The 12 steps of overeaters anonymous, uh, 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, but for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personalities. With that, I pass. And thank you so much, John Kay. How our meeting works here? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. 
Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book on page 76, paragraph 4, beginning probably there are still some misgivings. And I will now ask Stephanie L. to please start reading for us. Good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt, we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be reassured. To some people, we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the, at the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order. But this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. In the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious boards? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set the right wrong. He is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. And, um, you know, the things that really strike me in these two paragraphs um, uh, are... Pardon me, pardon me, Steph. You can go on to one more paragraph. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. Okay, no we'll keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> we don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. When it will serve any good purpose, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him, and though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with the person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. And, um, you know, it says in, in the paragraph before the paragraph I read, the last sentence, we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. And that's really what, you know, this makes me, um, this is really what I relate to. Um, it's not about me. You know, my real purpose is to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And I have to go back to the people that I have wronged, whether, whether I want to or not. Um, you know, it says we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. And I looked up diffident. It means shy, modest, because of a lack of confidence. And I'd have to say for me, a, a, a lot of fear. Um, there was an amends that, um, you know, I've been in OA for a while, and I've relapsed. And I usually, you know, in the past have relapsed because I wasn't willing to make those really tough amends. And this time around, um, I knew that I was going to have to make that amends to my ex-husband who had hurt me and um, done things to my children. And, um, you know, I had every, um, I was justified in my thinking that um, I was not going to make this man an amends. But I knew that, you know, I was going to have to make this right because I had harmed him as well. Um, and, you know, it says here that, you know, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. So, you know, again, I have to remember, and I had to remember it wasn't about me. 
And, you know, after working through that with my sponsor, um, you know, I made that amend. And did he respond with, hey, yes, thank you, and I'm sorry too. No, he came up with more things that um, when I asked, is there anything else I have done to harm you, he came up with other things. And I listened, and I said, okay, and I'm, you know, um, I apologize, and um, is there anything I can do to make this right? And you know what? I hung up the phone free, free of the anger and the hatred I had had towards that man. He didn't apologize. He didn't make an amend, but I made, I made it right. I, I apologized for what I did, and, you know, I felt clean. And, man, you know, that is the amazing thing about making amends. I don't have to want to do it. I don't have to, you know, expect anything in return. I just have to have a sincere desire to set the right wrong. And I looked up sincere, which means free from pretense or deceit, proceeding from genuine, um, from genuine feelings. So all I have to do is have a sincere desire to, to make what I have done right, you know, to keep my side of the street clean and to go to that person I'm making the amends to in a helpful and forgiving spirit. Um, and then, you know, amazing things happen and I get the nine step promises and, um, I get to look in the mirror and be okay with the woman who's looking back at me. That's a gift that I'm given by my higher power, you know, for being willing to show up and make that amends. So, um, thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll go ahead and pass. And thank you so much, Stephanie. Okay, we're commenting on page seven, 76, paragraph 4, and ending on page 77, the end of paragraph 1. Okay, who would like to comment? Laura Andrew C. John K. Oh, I, I didn't, I, before John K., I'm going to put John K., and then I heard, what is it, Laura? Laura J. Laura J. Okay, was there somebody else with you, Laura? Anybody else? Okay, whom else? Would somebody like some next? John K, Laura J, whom else? If you're not going to be speaking, you can just press star one, please, to mute your phone. Derek K. I'm sorry? Derek K. I, spell the first name. D-E-R-E-K. D-A-R-E-K. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go, John K. Please go ahead. Hi. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Uh, thank you, Janice, and all Team Tuesday. And hey, Eric from England. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday that in this section, I always felt like steps eight and nine are sort of lunch together. I guess this is sort of the way it is. But I've, I've always talked to sponsees in terms of the eight step list. I think it's, you know, it's important that we think of the eight step as, as something we're doing for ourselves. Um, I always tell sponsees, it's, I think it's so important, the, the thoroughness to put everyone on there, even, you know, uh, you know, people you're sure you'll never want to make amends to, you know, anyone you... You can admit to yourself you've done some wrong to, even if that ratio is 99% from him and 1% from you, put it down. Because the step for me, I've always thought, is about getting this stuff out on paper for me to look at, not to immediately make amends for. That's the next step. Uh, 
Uh, and and it, I mentioned yesterday, I think the best thing I was taught was to break this list into three sections. You know, one being uh, amends I'm willing to make now. Uh, number two being amends I'm not willing to make yet. And the third being the no way in hell amends. <laughs> you know, and that last section is a perfectly valid section for now. You know, uh, the other thing I was taught was, you know, I'm having trouble with the step that maybe I haven't done the one before it right. And, you know, there, I believe the steps are supposed to flow easily. And if they don't, you know, somebody said once, you know, maybe you need to go to step Sunday school and go back one. But, um, you know, in terms of where it says here, uh, you know, announce we have gone religious, which I take to mean announce we're doing a ninth step or we're in a 12-step program. I personally don't think that's a good idea either. I think because... If we go up and we say, I'm here to make amends because I'm in a 12-step program, you know, that can be interpreted by the other person as you're obligated to do this. Like, you know, oh, so if you weren't in a 12-step program, you wouldn't be doing this or, you know, be seen as doing it for some selfish reason, not for recovery. Now, you know, the the fact is we are doing it for that reason, but, uh, you know, if we've done this past work, past steps, we should want to make these amends because we know it's the right thing to do. Uh, and I've always said, you know, all these steps require faith, you know, not just in a God, but in the 12-step process. We we do them sometimes begrudgingly, and it's only after we're done that we can turn back around and see how important they are for our continued recovery. And uh, and this is an ongoing process. If you're like me and you've moved a lot in your life, it may not be easy to make all these amends right away. You lose track of people, you have trouble finding them, and, you know, so there's still a few amends in my back pocket. Uh, I've been waiting on, you know, for a long time to make amends. Not a lot, but a few. Because I was also taught there was a hierarchy of making amends. And I was taught uh, whenever possible to make the amends in person. Next, on the phone, only if the chances of making face-to-face isn't going to be possible in a reasonable amount of time. Then maybe a letter, but probably not an email. I don't know. Personally, i got to think a text isn't the way to make an amends. But um, anyway, that's my, uh, my thoughts on that. With that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, John Kay. Okay, Laura J., it's your turn. Star one to one. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. It's Laura G. I apologize. I must have been thinking about something that started with the letter J. Um, It's Laura G., uh, grateful to be learning how to be recovered or recovering from compulsive overeating. Uh, binging to be exact. Um, I think the paragraph for me, and especially the prior share, is there is no, I struggle with, I struggle with step four, so the readings have been, the last uh, couple days about this step have been really eye-opening for me. And what I, what's coming up for me is like, what comes up every day when I struggle with this amends is I'll know when I know because that's not it hasn't happened yet. I don't I have I have not had a successful amends. And uh, that sometimes is really um, triggering. Like uh and it's exactly what I know from my life. Like I don't know how to do it right and there's something wrong and what don't what do I lack and what don't I have to have you know, to be successful or to succeed. So I keep, it's drawing me closer to my, my higher power because if I don't, if I don't draw closer, I become shameful. And again, it's a, it's a triggering behavior, like I'm doing something wrong. What's wrong with me? I don't know how to do this. I can't do it. 
And uh, I know that's a lie, and I know that offers no success. And um, I will, um, you know, be back to step one at any given second if I uh, believe it. So I, one day at a time, one minute at a time, and it will unfold as it does. And I appreciate being listened to this morning. And that's all I got. And thank you much, Laura G. Okay, Derek, it is your turn. Hi, this is Derek Kay from St. Louis, and I apologize you can't understand me, but I'm originally from England, so there you go. You just have to put up with it, I'm afraid. Um, yes, on the making amends to people that you don't want to make amends to is is one of those really difficult things. If you think that what you're doing is forgiving them, but what I have to get to grips with is that's not what I'm doing. I'm making amends for my part. I'm not looking at their part at all. I'm not considering anything that they might have done, only only the things I have done. <clears throat> and the reason for that is that really, I'm the only person that I can change. I can't change anybody else or make them do anything different, make them change the past or change the way they are in the future. The only thing I can do is change me. And there's that saying, bless them and change me, and that's what this part of the step is all about, really. It's about, yeah, I have to do this for me and disregard anything that they might have done. If they, they make amends for the stuff that they did wrong, that's an added bonus, but it's just a bonus. It isn't the point of the step. Thank you for letting me share. It's my first time on here, so I hope I've done it okay. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Derek Kay. We love your accent, and keep coming back. Welcome to you. Okay, who else would like to be next? Page 76. Quiet group. Kathleen O. Okay, I hear Kathleen. Sherry KB. I hear Kathleen O. And I do have here Sherry KB, but I did hear somebody before her, too. Jennifer P. Jennifer. Okay, good morning to you. Jennifer P., I think. Okay, anybody else? All right, we'll go. Mary H. Mary H. Good good enough. Mary H. That was Thanks. nice and simple. All right. Kathleen O, it's your turn, my dear. Good morning. Thank you. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California. And you know, this is a fact finding and fact facing. So I found out a lot of facts up to this point. Um and now I get to face those facts. And some of the facts I get to face are the fact that, you know, I stepped on some toes and I did some harms. And so I had to look at, you know, the people that I had been um, controlling, manipulative, dishonest, selfish, self-seeking, and, and make amends to those people. And, you know, some of them were difficult to do. And so I just, you know, I asked my higher power that, you know, to help me. I mean, I was willing to help me, you know, figure out how to do this. Um, some were a little easier, but basically it was just, you know, going and saying to the person, you know, I, 
you know, in this particular instance or whatever, it's like, I know I harmed you if I did know I harmed them, um, you know, and, you know, and I am sorry, you know, I, I, um, I regret what I did. And, you know, I, I realized if I don't make these amends, um, not only is there a high chance I'm going to eat again, but there's a, it's, it's a, it's a given that I'm just going to keep repeating these behaviors that, you know, are objectionable and, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to these, you know, character defects that I have that just really make my life miserable. So it, it was huge to be able to make amends. And I tell you, every time I made one, especially the bigger ones, it was like taking a hundred pounds off my shoulders. It always felt really, really good. And thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen. Oh, thank you so much. Sherry KB, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eye Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Janice. And here we are at step nine, everybody. And um, there's some things here that are very important that um, in these paragraphs to me. The most important thing here uh, that I'm seeing is that my real purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and to the people about me. That's the whole goal in this whole work that I'm doing um, is the bottom line. And how can I do that is by you know, completing the steps. And this is part of the step process is step nine um, is, you know, it's giving us directions here about what to do and what not to do. And it tells me not to, to lead with my chin. Um, it tells me that, you know, I I need to go and make the amends and that, by showing my behavior, by changing my behavior is what is making an amends, and that is how the person's going to see, um, they're going to be interested in the demonstration of goodwill that is in my talk with them and of spiritual discoveries, but they're going to wait to see how I'm, I act from here on out. So that is my amends there, and that I use tact and common sense. Um, when I go to someone, especially with someone that um, is going to be a difficult uh, person to make an amends to. Um, and so what I do know is that the one that I make the amends to that's most difficult because of maybe what they've harmed, they've caused me, I know that I don't go in saying I'm I'm going to keep my side of the street clean. I don't go in with that attitude. I go in with thinking only of making an amends to them. I don't bring up anything they've done. Um, I'm just there to clean up my side. I don't tell them that, but that's what I'm there to do. And I really believe that my higher power is with me when I do it. Um, my higher power is with me when I started doing the fourth step, and I really believe that my higher power is with me and has been with me when I've made amends. Um, I made amends to my husband, and, you know, it was amazing to me the experience that I had because I felt like my higher power gave me the opportunity. It just happened. It was the right timing. And that's what I believe is that we are prepared and that, you know, a higher power goes with us. And also it's just so important to run uh, your your amends that you want to make toward, you know, with other fellows and get some experience, strength, and hope from them before you just go out there and do it by yourself. Um, and then just also we go with a helpful and forgiving spirit and confessing our form former ill feeling and expressing our regret and that's what we these are some major directions here of how to do an amends and I just know I could not do it without my higher power um, with me when I go and I sometimes feel like you know my higher power speaks through me when I am making the amends 
and I just remind myself of how free do I want to be. And there is freedom because of the promises in Step 9. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Sherry KB. Just a friendly reminder, I hear somebody probably washing the dishes. Um, to please keep your, you know, our line free by pressing step, step, by pressing star one. We'd appreciate that. Okay, thank you much. Jennifer P., it's your turn. Hi, thank you, Janice. Thanks for your service and everyone on the line. Um, Jennifer P., you're in New Jersey. And um, I love these paragraphs, but they're so full of direction. You know, I, I need a lot of direction. and. I need to know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I'm thinking of how in the eighth step, you know, I made a list, right, of the people that I harm and that I'm willing to make amends to and that I've been told and I suggest to my sponsees, like, you know, hopefully hopefully all the people I need to make amends to are um, on the now, like, list but sometimes they may fall on the later list or the never list, like the people that uh, I'm going to, or, or institutions or principles that I'm later, like I don't want to, or never, that I think I never will. But what I found is the ones that I put on the never or the later, like those are the ones that I get more relief from when I get to do them, um, when they eventually go on to the now. Um, the ones that I put off, put off, like those are the ones that I get the closest to what feels like a spiritual experience because I get such relief after I've done them. Um, and I heard on the meeting, the earlier meeting this morning, this image of street sweeper, like the machine that goes down and slowly sweeps the curbs and the sidewalks and, you know, or just like slowly removes that debris and that that's what I'm doing. Like I'm keeping my side of the street. I'm getting my side of the street clean and to remember that I'm not there to get the other person to change or, or really acknowledge anything. Um, you know, I mean, it's nice when they say, yes, I forgive you, or you don't need to apologize for that or something like that. But I've had ones also where they have not quite said that. And, you know, either way, as long as I'm doing what it says here, I will get to the point of being of maximum service to God and the people around me. Like, that's what I'm striving to do every day by doing this work. Um, and the last thing is that, you know, some some amends. I mean, when like the men that are the people that I'm still in a relationship with, you know, those are people I also have to make living amends to and change my behavior. But the ones that are like the people that I haven't seen in a long time and won't be seeing again, they don't know if I'm, you know, continuing to set my behavior straight. Or I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but like the you know the way it says, like they'll be more impressed with a sincere desire. To, to change going forward. And I think that they are, but they won't see it because they're not going to continue seeing me um, this, you know, due to the nature of the relationship. And that, that's okay, too. Like, I know that for me, every day, I have to just keep working on making those listening as well as making the direct events when the opportunity or the need comes up. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you so much, Jennifer P. Okay, Mary H., it's your turn. All right. This is Mary H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. And, um, ow, step eight and nine. Why did I volunteer to talk about this? <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Um, well, one of my, what I was thinking of, um, everyone said 
so many great, so much great stuff. I was trying to come up with kind of a different angle for what I've thought about with this. And what I'm thinking is that this isn't really a, you know, going through that fourth step and initially four through nine, cleaning out um, the big garage mess is, is not really a one and done deal for me that that was really when I was practicing and getting rid of some of the larger um, blockages and making some bigger amends. But I also find too that now as I go along, of course I'm making mistakes and needing to make amends. And um, and when I think of you know an, an enemy, there's some people that I come across and I you know I've I've run into conflict with them and I really don't like them. And and I've been I'm aware now that I can't uh, my behavior. I'm accountable for my behavior no matter what. And even if I, I don't like the person and I may never want to associate with them, uh, I always have to be aware of my side of the street and how I'm behaving. And I have a just a small example of it. Um, it's just so interesting, my, I, that, my whole attitude, that whole psychic change. I, I, just, I just can't get away with stuff anymore. But I was working at a registration desk and somebody was being um, rather rude, in my opinion, and and out of line. And um, I didn't handle it very well. And I was rude back. And it was kind of ugly for both of us. And I knew that I just I had to make an amends to her and I had to find her. And I, I didn't know how I would find her in this huge convention. But lo and behold... God puts us in the same elevator together during the convention. And I just immediately knew I didn't care how I felt about this woman. I needed to apologize. And I did. And she apologized. And it was just the, it was, I love remembering this scenario because everything melted for me about her. And hopefully she for me. And we were just both frustrated at the whole registration thing. And um, yeah, anyway, I, I wanted to share that because it was just something I remembered. And it certainly wasn't a terrible amends to have to make. But um, I could have gone on not liking her forever and seeing her and remembering that incident. And now I don't. And I've never run across her again. But um, it just helped me remember to keep these practices going that I feel like a, uh, I'm more congruent with um, my community when I practice these principles. So thank you for letting me share. And thank you much, Mary H. Okay, we can take another group. Who would like to be next? On page 76, paragraph 4, page 77, paragraph 1. This is Deanna B. Oh, good morning to you, Deanna B. Anybody else? Roz, Roz G. And Roz G. And whom else? Okay, let's go with those two for now. Deanna B., it's your turn. Good morning. Thank you, Janice, and thank you for your service. My name is Deanna B., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. 
and just so uh, just so grateful that I'm able to listen to two meetings every day while I go through some treatment I'm going through and get part of a live meeting. But what I wanted to say about the ninth step is that yesterday, I don't know which meeting, but I feel the freedom. It's because I'm listening to the meeting. Uh, because I have an amends I think I have to make. My sponsor's been telling me I don't have to. If you think you do, let's write a letter. And somebody said on the line yesterday she has to examine her motives. And that's exactly, I feel so free today because my motive would be to get her to like me, to be my friend, you know. Uh, what I did, I made amends for, and uh, my sponsor keeps telling me, you know, not everybody can like you, but on the ninth step, I have to examine my motives, and for sure that's something I will be doing uh, when I need to make, I think I need to make amends in the future, and after talking to my sponsor and God, whether I do it or not. Thank you, Janice, and I'll pass. And thank you, Deanna B. Okay, Roz G., it's your turn. Good morning, this is Roz G., um, and I am a recovered compulsive eater in Los Angeles County. And um, I just, you know, there's so many different amends that I have made, and each paragraph I can provide a real good example. I, I, would, I can't wait to talk about the criminal offense one. <laughs> But that'll have to wait. But uh, just for today, this, you know, for this paragraph, it reminds me that, you know, my behavior of anger and jealousy has been, jealousy and anger is my, you know, two of the biggest character defects coupled with arrogancy. You know, I lived on those attitudes for many years. So... Making turning the about face and acting differently is going to take some time. It's you know it's happening for me. I notice it a lot. Uh, but my sisters were the ones who, you know, unfortunately had to experience many years of me being angry, jealous, unkind. But because our family, you know, always used that motto, "Blood is thicker than water," you know, and that's your family. She's your family. They they loved me anyway, and you know they weren't. They had their things, but you know I've learned that my my job here is to to just keep my focus on me. So uh, it's been since December since I put down the food again, and have you know really um, dedicated myself to these meetings. You know, getting up extra early, offering to be of service, offering to sponsor others, and it's been a way of life for me for the past, you know, however many months from December. And when I made those amends to my sisters, I I, I meant them. And so our relationships are getting closer. Um, They notice it. I'm not talking. I'm just acting. And they say it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what you do. So, and I'm, you know, going to a work meeting today, and I've had I made a few amends to people at work and you know just to, to park in the main parking lot with everybody else to sit in the lunch area with everybody else 
eat what everybody else is eating according to the guidelines of my abstinence and to just be another bozo on the bus has been a beautiful way to live. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Roz G. Thank you. Whom else? We can have a couple more. Who would like to be next? <clears throat> Press star one to unmute. Melanie C. Oh, I heard two people. Some somebody C. Melanie. Spell it, please. M E L A N I E. Oh, Melanie. Melanie. Melanie C. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this must be another Melanie. Okay. Good morning to you. Anybody else? Lori C. Lauren C. Lori, um, I'm being distracted here. Say it again, my dear. Lori. Lori, Lori, I, I apologize. Lori, Lori, C as in cat? No, C as in today. Oh, I got it. Okay, let's go before the time goes with me. Here, Melanie C, please, it's your turn. Hi, Janice, this is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. And I was just reflecting here on my own experience with my step nine. And and um, the way I like to look at these is that this big book is filled with cautions, promises, prayers, and directions. And there's a lot of directions in, in here for the things that are coming up or came up for me when I was presented with this ninth step and the things that I had to face. And I then put it through my own processes of what I've done before and how I said sorry before and I said sorry a lot sorry 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 I mean it wasn't even a two-syllable word anymore sorry sorry (laughs) you know it was just like that and but it didn't do anything to me the process didn't do anything to me because there was nothing connected I was still detached I really did not know my side of this and so many of you had talked about that already so what um came for me when I studied this was the piece that's at the top of 77 what is the purpose of this ninth step? And that helped throw out everything else that was there. I was, be- go- I was going to become reconnected, reconnected with the world around me and most especially God. That's the practice of it. So all those other peripheral things, fear of going there, what if they said this or that, was going to be able to be washed away, and it did. This was going to be the avenue in which I was going to be able to get reconnected to God because so much had gotten on top of there. So much had hardened with all of the things that I had done. And I never took the time to see my part in it. This is that slowing down process, that getting down process that, that allows that to happen. It's the awakening piece of it. The miracle of this is that I learned that I lacked empathy, real compassion for anybody truly, real sincerity, and real, any real attachment to any and all things. This is going to give me the tolerance, the love and patience and pity I could cheerfully grant to six friends. It's going to give me all these things, and it has. It has. I was lacking this. This was a thing for me that was going to happen for me, not that I didn't sincerely harm somebody and I owed that sort of thing, but the process, the process then turned and happened for me because why my real purpose here on this earth is to keep it all cleared out keep my integrity there intact or at least restored or somehow to find it so I can fit myself to be of maximum service 
and the people about us. One of the folks that speak a lot on these lines, um, Lori C., says, to the point of exhaustion. Why for me personally? Because I need to stay in this thing because on my own I will take the road most traveled. What I'm asked to do is take the road less traveled. And this is an ego-smashing, belief-annihilating proposition, and it took this process to reconnect heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul with the world around me because of what had piled up on top of that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Melanie C. Sorry I couldn't get your voice. Laurie T., it is your your turn, my dear. Laurie T. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. This is Laurie T., from Social Overeater. And I've really, um, I've really been blessed. But the steps I've been on have been the steps, we've been discussed in the meetings, and I've reached out to some people and prayed a lot. And um, uh, tomorrow I'm going to go back into a work situation that has been formally kind of tough, and I can see now my part in it. And what I've, what I've decided to do is just spend today just verbally saying my amends. I don't know. You know, I'll talk with my sponsor about the, the right way to go about that, but it feels like a good practice for me to just say it and just sit here in my living room with the children, that person that's here with me, and just say it. And I also decided I'm going to, I usually keep um, notes of various things by my desk, motivational, and I'm just going to write out a generic amend to keep on my desk. And I think I'm going to keep a list of my character defects on my desk because um, I probably am not um, agile enough in a step 10 to, to write it until after I'm going to owe and amend. But I think if I keep those things in my conscience at work and keep all of these guys' words in my heart, that I'm going to be less likely to um, to return to those types of behaviors. I really don't think I can because now I see, one, I don't want to, and two, the person responding today, I want to make sure that that Lori T's today version and not Lori T's yesterday version. And I've had so much help from the people at Vision, and I really just want to say thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, Laurie T. Okay, we can take one more. Who would like to take that wonderful spot? Anyone? Kathy Jo. Oh, Kathy Jo. Bonnie M. Let's see, Kat. Let's get Kathy Jo first, and if we have enough time. We can share. We can share. This is Kathy Jo in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a recovered um, person here. And I have been in OA in and out for over 30 years, and this last round is the first time that I wrote down the 61 amends that I had to make, and I did every single one of them. And it feels so good to have all those loads off of my shoulders and all that stuff that surrounded my heart with ickiness. And um, there are people that I made amends to that, yeah, maybe they owed me one too, but that was not a part of what I was doing. And really, to be honest with you, when I did them, very rarely did people bring up their part, but that didn't matter. And as I went, I noticed um, I started to feel the sunlight of the spirit maybe after my first one. 
the heavens started to open and the light started to come in and it started to touch my heart and I started to feel more and more free. It makes me think of the saying someone says in OA is how free do you want to be? And I wanted the whole shebang and I really feel like I have that. And my mom came to stay with me in February and stayed with me four nights and we did not have one argument. My mother-in-law and I just went out Friday night, and she's somebody that I had a hard time being with, and now I love her to pieces. I see nothing about her that bothers me anymore, and that is just, like, mind-boggling. And she hasn't changed. I have. And I feel so free and so happy to be in this world, and I am so grateful to the people around me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. So much, Kathy Joe. Okay, does anybody want to take just a couple of couple of minutes? The next person, who was it? I don't know. Bonnie M. Go ahead, dear. Go. Okay, there's two minutes. In addition, I don't have need two minutes. In addition to what everybody else has said, there's been times when, and and many times that I don't realize that I've said something to offend somebody, but I can tell by the look on their face or they back off of me a little bit. And I have actually gone to them or or spoken up and asked, is there something I've done to offend you? Because I know my intention wasn't to do that, but I have a mouth and people have feelings. And I don't always know what touches their buttons. So, again, when the body language or the behavior is... um, in a way that I'm question, it, the question makes me question my own behavior, I ask. And with that, I pass. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. We're all set now. It's time to thank everyone, everyone that shared, and especially Melissa K., John K., Stephanie L., Sherry KB, um, for um, being a service this morning. And the ones that are listening, too, you're a service. So please stay with us for um, uh, newcomers. And if you need a sponsor, especially with this step, or we need a sponsor all the time, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sherry KB, would you please close us out on page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. But the answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until